Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for what feels like the end being near-ish, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander David and Commander Eric. How does it feel to be doing that in a different order? Was it weird? I don't Was like it kind it. of freaky? Change. Change Was is it bad. Change is always bad. If there's one constant to life, it's change. You know, as a calculus teacher, my students ask me, what, what, what's the point of all this? And I say, if there's one thing in life that we know will happen is things will change. And calculus is the math of change. That's why ooh. it's important. Man, that sounds like kind of sexy. Like, who's the math <laughs> of change? Ooh. Ah. And 1% of them will actually go forward and use this in their lives. Just kidding. That's not the po- that's not the point, David. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> oh, oh. Let's see. Can we keep it going? Like, and like one percent of people will actually balance their checkbook. See, I don't know little... if anybody does. Anybody really do that anymore? Like, <laughs> do, really? do people have checkbooks anymore? Yeah, I've got a checkbook. Oh, do you? I don't use it really, but I have it. I do oh. right here. Okay. Right there. There's my checkbook. Hi. I mean, I just use the I use Dave Ramsey's app on, you know, that you can download. It does my budgeting and tracks all your expenses. Well, ain't that something? It's it's called it's really it's not it's ever called every dollar. It's free and it works really well. It's a great budgeting app. This podcast is not sponsored by Every Dollar, by the way. It is not sponsored by Dave Ramsey. Either. No. Wouldn't that be something, though? (laughs) Man. Because I'm sure Dave Ramsey watches Star Trek. You know, you never know. You never know. I seriously doubt that. I can't possibly spend $9.99 on Paramount Plus to keep up with Star Trek. Instead, I'm going to go to the library and rent the DVDs for uh, or, free. Or I'm going to save it to, for my retirement. Because $9.99 for a single service to watch a single show is ridiculous. <laughs> but it's more than one show, Eric. It's more than one show. It's the entire Star Trek uh, catalog, of course. Yeah, plus all the other great Paramount Plus shows. Like... Yeah. 1883. <laughs> Soon to be 1923. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Halo. Watch any of those Yellowstone or Yeah, Bob you know, did you ever did you watch the Halo show? No. Like I watched the first couple episodes and I was like the opening scene was epic. It was like 18 minutes of just straight action. You're like, "Yeah!" And then for like three, the rest of that episode and the next like three episodes, it was just a bunch of talking. And I'm like, I don't mind a bunch of just talking, but this is Halo, right? <laughs> First person, shoot them up, extraordinaire. There should be some action in this show. Action. And I, and I guess the last four episodes or something, I don't, four or five, I didn't watch. So I don't know. Interesting. I don't know the dude's name, but I know he was like, like the guy that plays Master Chief in the show is the same guy that was like the bane of of Benson's existence on Law and Order SVU. Pablo Schreiber. Uh, 
Thank you. He was he played Porn Stash on um, Orange Is the New Black. Have you ever watched that? No. Is that actually his character's name? Well, that's he was a prison guard who had like a really thick mustache, right? That looked like from a '70s porn star, and so the inmates nicknamed him Porn Stash. Did he happen to bring in a lot of pizzas? <laughs> that was a bad joke, right, David? Oh, it was a terrible joke, but I said it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's another show I've never watched. Oh. Oh, great, great, great. So we're off to a great start, by the way, <laughs> with the, with this uh, with this show tonight. Um, so what what have you fellas been up to besides talking about mustaches and pizza? <clears throat> uh, it's it's fi- it was finals week at school. Right. Mm, that's, so that's riveting good. right there. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I didn't have anything to do on Wednesday because it was like Monday was first, second, third. Tuesday was fourth, fifth, sixth. And then Wednesday was seventh and eighth. And I don't teach seventh or eighth. So I like didn't even show up to work till like way later than I was supposed to. <laughs> I'm not going to say what time, just in case, just in case anybody's listening, but yeah. it was after like the time that I was supposed to be there. <laughs> it's like, hey, everyone at work, uh, you know, I'm a part of a podcast. I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> oh. Hey, I mentioned it to my students because they, they asked us, like, at the beginning of the year to do, like, like introduce yourselves and do, like, a photo collage thing. And when I took a screen grab of us in this setup, right, and put it on my photo collage. Photo collage. Yes, my photo collage. David, we're high school famous. Just and, I, I and, I, and I heard and I heard some students listening to it. You know, they were like they wanted to check it out. They're like, I was like, I know all that music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't have uh, have the restrictions that your old job used to. Be, uh, yeah. The, oh yeah, no my last culture. job was no pop culture. Yeah, they, we don't have that. AKA nice. no fun zone. That, I mean, like. It was a classical school, right? Star Trek is classic. I mean, yeah. I mean, they read they read The Hobbit, right? And The Chronicles of Narnia. Mm. And they were allowed to talk about Harry Potter because that's literature. I mean, <laughs> Star Trek inspired an entire generation of, like, engineers and scientists and stuff. I, I know, I know. We did the Future Tech episode. Did we? That was Once Upon a Time. That was. That was like the shortest episode we ever recorded. <laughs> it was like five minutes. Is that what it was? It was under an hour, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think it's the only, the only episode in the catalog that was under an hour. Hmm. Hmm. There will come a day where we somehow do something in like 30 minutes, and, that, and then that will be a shocker. I mean, how long was the peanut hamper episode? That was probably short. <laughs> do you really want me to find that out? No, I can no, tell you. I don't. I really don't. I kind of, I kind of do. Oh boy, <laughs> what a, what an episode! We're off it, to a great that start. That was an episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. Boy, was that an episode! It was an episode. <laughs> no, it was, it was literally, yeah. Well, mm. 
it was an episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, David, save us. Oh, let's see. What have I been doing? Uh, <laughs> much. Uh, we, we did go to, uh, so Franklin Park Conservatory in downtown Columbus has lights this time of year, so Christmas lights. So we went down uh, and did that today, which was uh, which was actually pretty fun. They had lights, and I got popcorn, which is always nice, and walked through their little arboretum thing, which was a lot of fun. They even had a dude that was uh, doing glass blowing stuff there too, so that was cool. That nice. is all. <laughs> that is all. No, it was, good. it was good stuff though. A mathematically perfect redemption. Let's let's see if we can go prices right on this, okay? So, David, how long do you think that episode was? Forty-five. Okay, Eric. Is it, it was? I mean, if we're going prices right, right? So I'm going to go forty-six is the obvious choice for me now that David said forty-five, because I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, come on down, Eric. You're the next contestant. <laughs> it was 54 minutes and nine seconds long. Wow. I'm actually really surprised we even got that long on that episode. Yeah. I mean, Part I know how th- to play the prices right. right. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. There's actually a, there's a documentary on Netflix that I came across not too long ago, and I watched it. And I think it's called The Man Who Knew Too Much or something like that. And uh, No, no, no. The Perfect Score. It's called The Perfect Score. The Perfect Bid. Yeah, I, I watched that Yeah, The that Perfect too. Bid. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was kind of interesting. <clears throat> but it was about The Man Who Knew Too Much with The Price is Right. So. Oh, yeah. Nothing really here, dudes. Nothing really here. I mean, we're in that limbo with, um, with the university, like where we're expected to get our grades in and prep for the next semester which here's the thing that kind of is is a little bit of a little annoying but i mean it's it is what it is so like the semester doesn't start until january 9th which is um i guess that's like really the second monday of um of january and uh we're the, the university is closed on january 2nd but we're expected to have our um like our syllabi and our online shell up for students, you know, like a week ahead of time. So like we come back on a Tuesday um, and we start like, we start up on January 3rd, um, like with actual worky work stuff. Well, we now, we have to have our syllabi and our online shell ready by December 19th. That's Monday. And I'm like, why can't we just have it done like just you know, January 3rd, like it, who it's a Tuesday. Like, are we really going to, it's like six days before the semester starts. Is it really that big of an issue? And basically like, we're all in the same boat, like as a department, we're like, just say that you're working on it and you'll be good. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Like say that you're working on it. Are you working on it? Yes. Like I'm probably just going to have just the syllabus ready. I mean, I've, it's the same class. Like, it's it's the one class I'm teaching year-round, basically. But, like, the shell just has to change, like, with the students and everything each semester. So, 
<clears throat> it's just like the dumb little tweaks, you know, that you have to make um, from semester to semester. Anyway, it's it's fine, but it's just I'm a little just a little n annoyed by it. I'm like, come on, come on, just let me let me like make it go live on the third. It's a Tuesday, six days before. Like, that's really not going to make that much of a difference. It's really not. And how many students are actually going to look at the show, like when the semester just ended, and we have Christmas and New Year's? Seriously. Very few, right? I, very, very, very few. few. Next to nil. So. Okay. That's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <clears throat> Get out, man. Shall we talk, Trek? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. We are going into spoilerific territory. So this is your red alert as uh, we talk about the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy Season 1, Episode 18, Mindwalk. <clears throat> Mindwalker. Is it weird that it's eight, See, it's Episode 18 already? Like, that? it just doesn't seem possible that we're on Episode 18. Why not? I don't know. I'm just look. I'm 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 saying things. They're coming out my mouth. I'm not vetting it before it leaves the mouth. Okay, so it's fine. It's fine. It's Honestly, fine. it kind of feels like we've been in. We've been this back half of why? Why can't this just be season two? I just want to call it season two. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. Back half of season one. It feels like we've been in here for a while. Maybe. You know, a lot's going on in the real world, but it, it feels like it's taking a long time. Mm-hmm. It, it, maybe it's just because the story has slowed to a crawl the past couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a statement right there. That is a statement right there. Yeah, okay, so, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here in, here in a moment, but, yeah, um... Episode 18. So um, after this, it's of course like a two-part finale that we're dealing with, based on like what we're seeing um, with the episode listings and everything. But uh, thing about this episode is that you know we pick up immediately where we left off with um, you know the Dauntless being there <coughs> and Janeway hologram Janeway. I'm sorry. Um, essentially, like losing uh, confidence in herself. Uh, because of the the construct basically hijacking her program and doing bad, naughty things like sending the ship to Starfleet territory, uh, Federation territory. So, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the, we're obviously going to talk about it, but before we do... This is just an observation, so forgive me for kind of like jumping over some things, but did it seem to you like this was a 24-minute, 24-ish minute episode. Did it seem like it took a little long to actually get to the actual point of the episode, like with the mind walk, like where the mind walk part actually comes in? Like to me, it felt like it, it took a little while. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Honestly, I felt like they got to it really quickly. I thought the opposite. Like they're, you know, they were 
in the they were going to warp and then it's like can you the, the first thing they suggested to do was can you telepathic can you reach Janeway telepathically and then they're like wait maybe if we link up together and it was like the very first idea and so to me I felt like it went quick hmm hmm how about you David I don't like to fight I, I, fight, I don't, fight, don't want to fight. get in the middle of this <laughs> um, I get between I don't know. I mean, I, I I didn't really mind the the pacing as much. I, I, I guess I, I didn't really feel like it took a while to get there. Okay. Myself. I don't. I like to me like it. It just seemed like we were we were hanging out too long with the angst of hologram Janeway and like shutting down and then being pursued by the dauntless and i don't know it just it just felt like a while to me but i mean i can i can appreciate what you're saying too eric um we'll see how this how this ends with the rating too if we differ with that <laughs> since we're starting off so well <laughs> um all right so like i said this episode uh picks up right where we left off with um um the dauntless being there and like what do we do like you know still trying to figure out like how we can communicate and like we're tossing ideas around and um getting to that though um it's like well hey dal you're you got like a little bit of everything from the galaxy so let's use some of your stuff and see if we can somehow reach out to to janeway to like stop pew pew pewing us basically and uh shenanigans ensue uh warp bubbles are overlapped um reaching out with the mind is happening laser beams are happening um shoosting is happening and um a little uh swipity swap is happening also and now we have dal and janeway and janeway and dal like they've switched bodies they've gone all freaky friday <coughs> that they have I was I was really hoping we'd get like a like a cameo from like Jamie Lee Curtis or someone. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm more likely to get Lindsay Lohan than Jamie. Maybe Lee a Curtis. Lindsay Lohan kind of thing. Yeah. Just throw some activity out there. Maybe she'll come. You never know. <laughs> Don't you know the old Christmas tradition? You leave a little bit of activity activity on the uh, mantel place at night, and <laughs> Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis shows up and. Tells you about how her digestive digestive I can't talk. I, I can't even tell the joke. <laughs> that is the joke. You get the point. You need Activia, David. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna help with my brain. Mm, Activia. Oh boy. All right. So guys, guys, they've they've swapped, and just some interesting things happen like with just just like how how Dal is like not, not even Dal but like the actor that you know voices Dal like how well I, I thought he did a really good job of like channeling Kate Mulgrew's Janeway I thought that was really well done and the same thing goes for Kate Mulgrew um, channeling Dal 
over on the Dauntless. Oh, I think Kate Mulgrew was having a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I can imagine. I want to hear the outtakes from this. Like, I know typically when you, you film these, these, these actors are in a little box by themselves, right? They're not filming it with other people around. But I'm sure there's some, some pretty decent outtakes from Janeway pretending to be Dal. From, oh, yeah. From Kate Mulgrew pretending. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So where do we want to start? You want to start on the Dauntless? You want to start on the Protostar? Where do you want to start? I thought, just thought we were going to start like doing lip pops like Eric was doing. Oh, excuse me. I'm a little parched. So I needed to drink some water and then smack my lips. <laughs> Can't take me anywhere, I swear. Oh, man. All right. Well, we're already there. Let's, just, I guess, just stick with the protostar. So we have um, Admiral Dow, as it's later referred to. So we have Admiral Dow. Um who's who's like all sorts of confused and like not like for good reason like where the heck am i why am i here i don't sound right you know all the stuff that always happens like with body switches and like movies and tv shows like okay cool we check the box on that um and we in in a short period amount of time in a short period like we're fine like admiral dal is like oh shoot you aren't like bad guys you're just trying to protect us and you don't really know how to do it and stuff so thank you for that, basically, and then trying I'll to figure out. I'll be on your side. Like, I just have to. I'm get on your back side now. To my body, and and we'll stop chasing you. Yep. And um, of course, we're still being chased, and we're we're trying to figure out. Of course, how do we get back? How did this happen? Uh, which I I. Hmm. Uh, the thing that I'm just I'm, I'm a little annoyed with I don't know if I should say this for my um, my my evaluation or not but I feel like we've like we just did the body switch like do we need to do another body switch episode so soon when did we do the body switch Spock Strange New Worlds oh okay Spock uh, into Pring yeah okay Spockamock, yeah. Mm-hmm. Chase, that was like seven months ago. <laughs> I want to look at the air date on that episode. Why? Why are you calendaring me? Like, is this really happening? Well, June, to be fair, you June did go 2nd, back and calendared us to try. June second. That was seven months ago. We just did this. <laughs> Eric, look at me. Look at me. We just did this. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 is a, it is a fair point, though. And, and we've talked about it before, like, where are the original ideas? Why do we keep having to rehash things that have happened? Or scenarios that have happened? That's just, I mean, how original is entertainment anymore? Yeah. So... 
I mean, even going back to um, season 1A, as I've been kind of calling it, had uh, this aired, like season 1A or whatever aired when it was supposed to air, we would have had the Kobayashi episode at the same time as the Kobayashi Maru. So, like, this is the second time that this is basically happening with Prodigy where we're getting, like, a retread of, like, of storytelling, basically. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, I guess the big question is, uh, which one do you think did it better? I mean, Kobayashi, I mean, oh, I no, think... I mean- one. I don't want oh, to have oh that's 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 an easy answer. That episode Kobayashi Maru is downright awful. Well what I was gonna say is I think Disco I'm sorry, <laughs> I think uh Prodigy did it better with the Kobayashi, but I think Strange New Worlds probably did it better with the Freaky Friday. I think that's probably a good assessment. Yeah. But more on that later. More on that later. So yeah, we're we're trying to figure out like how the heck do we get back? Like what happened? What was the special sauce that made it happen? And we're we're coming up with this idea that it's like some part of like the his organian DNA that kind of made it happen, but there was also um an actual touching that happened um whenever there was a the phase like when phasers were being fired at the protostar from the dauntless so yeah but before we even got to that like they just tried to just do the connect with um dal and um and zero just reach out with your mind can you switch back and it didn't work and then they're like oh now we have to go try something else and we're right. using the Organian DNA in Dal because the Organians, we know they could take over humans, right? We saw that in an episode of Star Trek Enterprise in season four. Mm-hmm. Well, Enterprise love. Oop. That's right. So, yeah, and then we, we, we essentially find out that not only is it the Organian, 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 um, DNA, but it's this energy beam that's really connecting the stuff. That's actually the thing that's really bridging the gap. Truly, yeah, it's, like, it's a conduit. Yeah, it acts like a conductor, like an electric wire to conduct. Science. Are we sciencing right now, Eric? We we did well, some decent science in this episode. Well, okay, like... but let's let's hold on just one quick second. Here. <laughs> okay, are we sciencing? Because I know a little bit about conduit. Okay. Oh, I know a snap. little bit about electrical stuff. And like I, I I'm sorry, where was the direct connection between this when the phaser's hitting your shields and you're not actually connected to it at all? Is there some energy transfer that goes through the deck plating? Is the deck plating grounded? Yeah, where's the ground? <laughs> I mean is Maybe this it's not grounded. Thing? Maybe that's how they were connected. I'm just I'm just thinking about it. It's like I'm not saying it's not a clever thought, but it, it seemed somewhat I don't know, flippant, I suppose. Mm. And I'll be honest, I'm not enjoying the augments thing. No. I'm not enjoying it at all. And and, and it's like I like Dow. I liked Dow better when I didn't know what the hell he was. 
and now it's just sort of like we have never and even in last week's episode we've we've never moved past what he is he's still kind of moping about it i get it it's not a big deal but we're just going to all of a sudden say oh yes this was all possible because of one part of your part of dna parts i don't know i'm just not digging and, and I still question, like, how do you get Organian DNA? Like, I still want to know how you do that. Yeah. They're not corporeal. The thing that I'm concerned about, and, look, I'm a, I'm a huge Doctor Who fan, but I'm just very concerned that we're going to start using Dow like a freaking sonic screwdriver. Yeah. It fixes things. Use your imagination. Just like the freaking sonic screwdriver at the end of Picard season one. That's what I was referring to. Yeah. It fixes things. That's my concern. <clears throat> you know what What about, as long as we're talking about Dal, you know what really I didn't like in this episode? His mm. Jedi Padawan tail thing was like, <laughs> like had like a mind of its own and it was like flipping around. Like that has, other than the one episode where we learned what Dow was. It's never done that before. It didn't do that in the three episodes since then, and now it's like just crazy flying around behind him. You had to have noticed that, right? Mm. It was very distracting. Mm. <laughs> mm. I'm just going to do this the whole episode and distract you. I like it. I like it. Thank you for distracting me right now. I lost what I was about to say. Dang it. Eric, you and your your little rat tail. And look at you. That's right. <laughs> I would I would love to see you with a rat tail, by the way. I can't grow hair. <laughs> that was like the saddest thing. I can't grow hair. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you at least grow the beard out, beard out longer, just like Viking braided or something like that? I I could. It probably curl up before it got long. That's why you steam it, straighten it. <laughs> you got like a beard steamer somewhere? <laughs> no, just get a clothes steamer in. <laughs> oh, he's just going through bottles of beard oil every week. Just come on. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we just lost the plot here. <laughs> oh, boy. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm not editing this at all. <laughs> not editing it. Okay, so anyway, Ooh. back back to uh, beating down Dow a little bit. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh man. Okay. So yeah, um, this whole augment thing is kind of annoying. Um, that's what we were saying. But um, so yeah, like it, we're we're trying to we're trying to reverse engineer this, and um, it's it's rock talk among other things that has um, proposed like, hey, this is how it's happened. Not to belabor the conduit point, but 
in fairness, like, you know, she's the one that's uh, kind of put the pieces together and Zero's kind of helping fill in the gaps and away we go with trying to do it. And, um, you know, we can't just do exactly what we did. We have to do things a little bit different. And uh, part of that is this crazy scheme of we have to actually go outside, yeah. which I don't get. Why, why do we have to go outside? But, like, <coughs> you can't spacewalk at warp. I'm sorry. You cannot that. do that. Yeah. Like, I was thinking that. You're in a, especially, you're in a, you're not just at warp, you're in a quantum slipstream. You can't spacewalk. But, Eric, in they this. connected the bubbles. I'm fine with that, but you still cannot spacewalk at warp. That is like, you can't do that. I'm sorry. You're breaking the rules. Well, at least they didn't fire any torpedoes this time around. Just phasers. Yeah, it's just phasers. <laughs> now, I'm no physicist. Eric, I think you're the closest physicist we got in the room right now. Yes. If... If someone were in the world of Star Trek and the laws of physics and stuff, if someone were to get and do like a spacewalk, right, on, on the hull of a ship, wouldn't that mess with like, I don't know, the ability to actually travel at warp? I mean, who knows how warp drive works, but like... Is the bubble, is your warp bubble, like, flush to the hull of the ship, or is it, like, bigger around you? Well, I mean, I think, like, like, if we're talking... I would think it's, like, you know, with how we, we've advanced, like, with, with warp travel, like, you know, with, with Archer, I would think, you know, like, that was, like, more, um, like, flush with the ship, but, like... I think now, I think we're more dealing with like bubbles yeah. to where that we're able to occupy more space and travel with greater ease. Yeah. Yeah, but for, from a more cinematic standpoint, we're always just traveling through like a hole in space, right? It, it's always just like the same hole that we see in every sci-fi. It, it's always just you're, you're speeding through and then there's this round area that you just occupy. I mean, I think at one point we tried to talk a little bit about, like, the potential of space travel or whatever, folding space-time and all this stuff and how improbable a lot of things are, you know? Because even traveling within our solar system would take forever. I mean, how, how, long, how long did Elon say it would take to get to Mars, <laughs> you know? Well, I, dude, I remember in fifth grade um, it being a one-way eight-year trip to Mars from Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, based on the technology that we had, like, in the like the 90s and, and early 21st century, like, it was going to take eight years. And like, now, whatever we have, like, in our Tesla SpaceX program, I have no idea. I mean, an, an electric vehicle might get us a little bit, get there a little bit quicker. I don't know. Electric vehicle. You sure you don't want Bezos's rocket? I'm good. I'm good. But the, like with like with the the warp drive stuff, like for some reason, and I might be wrong on this because I'm not a physicist, but the way that I've 
maybe in a very crude way, made sense of warp and like having like um, <clears throat> um, I guess like a stable bubble and just like things that would impact warp travel is a lot like um, like cars like on a highway or a road or whatever like if I'm if if I had like a billboard or I had something that's like strapped to the top of my car my truck my whatever it's going to create drag <clears throat> so it's going to cause issues with how fast I can travel perhaps it's, it's going to it's just going to cause issues so like if and, and like and even when we uh, when we were we saw like the the Dow um, dreadnought fight for crying out loud like at the very beginning there was like a warp bubble thing that was going on with that too, right? Like we're just trying to get out of uh, Tars Lamora for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's space just, is weird, man. It, it yeah. <clears throat> it was weird. Well, I mean, even just thinking about your route through space, like how many things you have to avoid. I mean, the, the, the calculation it would even take, you can't just fly through a, through a planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could. I swear you well, you have to, to bring up the coordinates from the nav computer. <clears throat> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> you, we, you, we were all thinking that. <laughs> just don't mention purple, okay? Just no, no purple. We were all thinking it. I just said it out loud. <laughs> Eric, I would like to remind you and our dear listeners, this is a Star Trek podcast. If you want quality Star Wars programming, go, you should go check out the Contingency <laughs> Plan, okay? <laughs> just saying. There's a plug. Oh, welcome. welcome. Anyway. So, we have a plan. We're going to do the thing. We're, we're going to do a spacewalk eventually. Um, somewhere in there, though, we've we have a Janeway and Janeway kind of conversation. Yeah, we have to uh, go, we have to go over to the to the the other ship. The I'm... no, but like no, but it's it's the it's Admiral Dal and hologram Janeway that's having the conversation. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and like prove it, prove to me that you're actually Janeway. Well, let me tell us about our sister and the shenanigans that we had when we were younger. Oh my gosh, you really are me. Whoa, cool, dude. Um, it was a very touching moment. I, I, I enjoyed it. And I did like the fact that, you know, we did like the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start, cheat code thing. And we were able to bring back all the purge stuff, basically. And Yeah, we just reset her. Yeah, so that was something I was thinking a little bit about. I know that they explained that away, that, oh, you're a non-essential program, so I'm just going to, like, hit the restart button. This might sting a bit. So you can purge. You can purge this. It's been done. So, like, I mean, I think it would probably take way more work than what was put in the hologram Janeway, but, like... But we'll also think about it this way. If you can reprogram 
hologram Janeway back to, you know, factory defaults, then couldn't you also potentially program her with some way to fight the construct? Like some sort of, of their own virus or something like that to infect the construct? It's possible. I would think. Give her new firmware. That's right. New OS, you know, update. Yeah. We're on 15.1, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Give her the the JOS 74656, you know, be fine. No, no one. No one. Bueller. No, I, don't, I don't understand the reference. Just just keep going. Just keep going. <clears throat> so we have our plan. Let's let's talk about the Dauntless. Eric, tell me about the Dauntless. What's what's happening over there, dude? Well, uh, you know, Dow wakes up in Janeway's body and he's like, Oh my god. How did it go again? Yep. No, you get one. You get one. Um, and then Dow's acting all funny. Can't apparently can't walk in Janeway's body. I don't know what that was all about. Like I feel Maybe like she's the, wearing heels. Is she? Is she wearing like a like a? She's not wearing like heels, but maybe no, like, like a little black heel, tiny black heel. I mean, I know Kate Mulder is not exactly a tall person, but like that was a bit of a top for me. Like you, yeah. you can, you can, you can walk. I know you could walk. <clears throat> but you know, she eventually she doesn't want to go to the bridge, but then she gets beamed to the bridge. Or he, Dal, well, what are we gonna? We called the other one Admiral, Ad, Admiral Dal, Admiral Dal, Admiral Dal. <laughs> we'll call this one Dalmeral. <laughs> gonna switch it and put the the Dal first and the Admiral last. We really need to get the marketing team to you know like not scrape the bottom of the barrel on that one. Yeah, whatever. We got this version. Beam to the bridge, sit in your seat, and then he falls out of the seat. <laughs> no, I, I can say the seat. Don't fire, right? Um, let me leave. I'm gonna leave the bridge. I'm gonna leave the bridge. Um, and then I don't know. Something's wrong. The doctor wants to uh, uh, take 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 care of sick bay because something's wrong. And then Asensia is freaking out because oh my god, I we shot her and she saw that I wasn't who I said it. Uh, who I who I said I'm not I were. dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> I feel happy. I'd like to go for a walk. And you know, then Janeway has a conversation with Asensia, and she's like, "How do we communicate with them without opening up anything?" Well, we can't. That was a test. Good job, you passed. <laughs> What's your name again? <laughs> I don't know. I just I this was fun to me watching like the this version of Dal inside Janeway and Kate Mulgrew having fun with it. Like I I enjoyed watching this. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. eventually like the Dauntless flies overhead. It catches up with the Protostar. And and we're looking at each other. We're like Look it's like that meme where like you drive by and you see the person, right? <laughs> You see, we were inverted. We were inverted. <laughs> <laughs> we're just doing a little communication. 
<laughs> and we were doing some communication while we were inverted. <laughs> it's Morse code, SOS. Maybe we can communicate back to him this way. I think, I think that's all Dal knows. I have an idea, Dal Merle says. Or no, I mean Admiral Dal. It's an old Earth game. Charades. Charades. <laughs> We're communicating now by playing charades. And to his benefit, Dal, inside Janeway, figures it out. Mm-hmm. You want me to spa- spacewalk outside? Touch. I got it. Mm. I did like Rock Talk just carrying Jankum <laughs> around in his little space suit. He has little feet up, you know, just being carried around. That made me laugh. There was a lot of stuff that made me laugh in this episode. That's for dang sure. Yeah, All right, it's so about we do that it. moment where they actually come in and they sedate Janeway and they are going to take her to <clears throat> to um, sick bay, right? But then the diviner comes in and he says, if my mission fails, save my progeny. My progeny. Save my progeny. You saved my life. I'll save yours. Now go save my progeny. Mm. And he lets her go. And that's when Janeway sneaks out onto the hull. But dang it! I'm on the wrong side of the ship. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh. I'm on the wrong side of the ship. Now I don't know how big this ship is, but if it's like it's it's probably smaller than the Enterprise E, because that thing looks like it's long and would take a long time to walk the mm-hmm. entire length of the ship. Out I mean, seriously, how long using did, mag using mag boots? I mean, seriously, how long did it take for them to walk from do a spacewalk to the deflector dish in first contact? <laughs> it took them longer to get there than it did to get. Besides, back. like one screen wipe, how long did it actually take? <laughs> yeah, probably a while. <laughs> for a very long time. <laughs> and they were upside down. <laughs> they were. <laughs> they were, <laughs> they were <laughs> inverted. <laughs> Oh, man. So we get there, and uh, let's do it. Let's let's jump. Let's make it so. Yeah, no timing. Just, yeah, we'll figure it out. Just, yeah, it's just not like, remember in out. the first episode, Rock Talk, do your calculations. Make it so the jump and the timing is perfect. And that was, like, good, but now here, not nah, just jump. We're, we're, in a, we're in a bubble. It's fine. Jump while I'm at quantum slipstream. We're in a bubble. It's okay. Into the hard vacuum of subspace. No big deal. Who knows? Is subspace a vacuum? Sure. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, then you know, Janeway inside. Space. If space is a vacuum, if space is a vacuum, then subspace is still a vacuum. And they both jump. And Murph is out there helping. So, so like, Janeway inside Dal has to be tethered to the ship. But Dal inside Janeway can just jump off into, like, into space. Why? 
Why does either one of them have to be tethered? Why don't both of them have to be tethered? One's an admiral, one's not. I don't know. I mean, that's, if you think about it. I'm just waiting for the opportunity to say that we did a slingshot maneuver in this episode. Okay. With, with our boy Murph. We, we basically did a slingshot maneuver. I'm not going to lie. When, when they started up with Murph, I was like, are they going to slingshot her over there? Because that'd be pretty sick. How, how stretchy does this guy get, you know? <laughs> That's got to hurt, man. Like, seriously. Like, you're, I mean, you're Murph like. Murph is indestructible. <laughs> He's flubber. It's fine. <laughs> basically. Oh. <sighs> So we, yeah, we, anyway, we we're reaching out and it's like that romantic moment where you're just about to touch and then you get ripped away. I'll never let go. What was that painting? What was the painting where it was like the like the famous like uh like creation painting? Yeah, um it's on the Sistine Chapel, right? Where the two faint hands are reaching out. Yeah, the, I, I was like well, it's a part of the Sistine Chapel. I think it's called, just called no touching. Creation. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. <laughs> anyway, tractor beam. Essencia. It's like I'm gonna get this woman in a tractor beam, pull her back. Murph, extend me. It doesn't reach. Now, David, what do we need? We need a. We need more power. No, we need a. What do we need to fix this? We need a. Plot armor. Well, okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this. How insulated do you think these suits are? Because it's not like we're just touching bare metal in these suits, right? I have to assume that there's some padding, you know, they're, they're uh, vacuum themselves, there's atmosphere in there so they can breathe. I'm just saying, how much transfer do we get here with this? I don't know. Just sure, it's fine. It'll still, you know, I mean, it was a... It was a phaser blast that caused the first swap, so it's got to be a phaser blast that causes the second. Uh, right? Just a sustained phaser blast. I just have I have an issue, and I don't know how to make it make sense without sounding like an idiot. So, Eric, David, I need your combined smarticles to make this sound right. So... There, we're we're in a we're we've combined warp bubbles, so we are in a warp field, traveling at whatever warp factor we're traveling at, right? In and slipstream, so we're probably traveling very fast, really friggin' fast, yeah. <clears throat> so we got that going on. We've done um, a, a spacewalk, now a space jump, and. This is the part where I'm gonna maybe sound like an idiot, maybe sound dumb, but I, I just got I got to put it out there because like it's 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 just making my brain hurt. Like we have phasers built into ships, which have like their own system to make it work, and we have hand phasers that make it work. Um, but this is where I'm having an issue. Like we're we're not dealing like with a. I didn't study physics, 
but I read a book once about it. We're we're not on on solid ground. So for one, how are the physics of like being mobile versus being stable affecting the firing of a hand phaser? Like especially at a high rate such as quantum slipstream. Like that that's part of like the issue I'm having. Like why isn't there like degradation that's taking place with the phaser as it's being fired at one another. Am I making sense or, or, or am I making no sense at all? I think you're just overthinking it. How dare oh, you overthink yeah, things? Don't, don't even think, bro. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just accept. Okay. Just accept <laughs> it, man. Like, accept it. Why even question this? Like, I used for kids. Okay. I don't. I, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's too science. Anyway, it works. The plan works. Switches them back. Dow wakes up back in his own body on the protostar, and all of a sudden, they drop out of slipstream. And the fleet shows up. The fleet. Yeah. We have the fleet please, again. All of them. <laughs> Because Commander Ty Tyes Ty Ty whatever Ty Tysi I don't know what's his whatever his name the Andorian commander voiced by David Diggs, um, or said oh their their path their heading takes them right into the heart of Federation territory I'll alert Starfleet to have all these ships waiting there because we need all of these ships to stop this one ship apparently that we don't even know why is running away from us, but we need the entire fleet. And look, there's the fleet. And I know Chase loves the fleet showing up again. I, I do <laughs> love the fleet. Not at the end of a season. It's not even at time. the end of a season. It's basically there. <laughs> I mean, we it, have a two-part episode there. coming up. And then the I forget fleet who is says a big deal. The fleet is a big deal. It should like, be a big deal. Are we going to get Jellico back? Is Jellico going to be commanding <laughs> the fleet? From the from a galaxy class from ship? A, no, from an Excelsior class. Those are the admiral ships. Maybe, maybe it'll be like a an Enterprise refit, you know, where it's like a galaxy class with three nacelles. Yeah, but then someone is like, someone is like, well, at least Janeway's on our side. Dow's like, yeah, about that. <laughs> and we go back over the Dauntless, and Janeway mm. wakes up in her own body, in the in break, the break, because and she was acting, scene. she was acting weird. And don't you know who I am? No, we don't actually. And scene. Chase, you look unhappy. Talk to me, my friend. Use your words. Use your words. Use your words, Chase. What would make it better is, I mean, just give it some deltas, Chase. Like you want to give it a full spread of deltas, right? Use your words, my friend. (laughs) 
if they could bring in Riker to the rescue too. That'd make it better, right? That would be awesome. You just, you just see you just see his giant leg, you know, just coming over a chair. What's the situation? Was there a star date in this episode? Or we're just, no, there we're was just, not. We're just right at. We're just immediately after the last we're couple just, episodes. Yep. Yep. No, no. What would really set this over the top? You know, not just like yeah. Bring on the fleet. Let's have Captain Riker, maybe a retired Admiral Riker, show up. You know, on the Zhang Hei A. Well, he can't be. A, he not? can't be because this is twenty three eighty five. I don't care. Before okay. Before Star Trek. I Picard, don't care. So he can't I, be an admiral. I don't care right now. <laughs> <laughs> and not well, only admiral that, Picard shows up. Right, and then, and then we have a quantum wormhole in all its glory, right? Just open up from the heavens. And it's and the little... Discovery A that comes through. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> yeah. No, no, better yet. Commodore Burnham to save oh. the day. They With Captain Tilly time. as her first officer. And Tilly, first officer Tilly is back. Captain First Officer Tilly. Oh, man. To Commodore Burnham. Oh, man. And we still don't know the bridge crew's name, by the way. <laughs> They're all captains now. Yeah, I mean, just in their family. Some, there's some precedent for that. Every one of them are, are captains, and they're all serving as bridge officers on the Discovery A to come in and save the day. Oh, man. That would be epic. Epic! <laughs> Epic! <laughs> and in comes the Cerritos. <laughs> With all the Cali class ships. <laughs> oh, man. But seriously, okay, like, okay, I know we're having some fun with this, but like, why do we need the fleet? Like, at the end of every season? Because there's no original ideas anymore. You know, I I, I just I just want to say that, like said it said before probably say it again probably, but like this show was so original feeling in the beginning, and now we're using the same equation that we've been using. Like even with Strange New Worlds, I don't remember exactly what like we did ratings wise for all of that, but I, I mean, we rated it pretty high in the beginning and then sort started to trickle down at the end. Like most of these shows, they hit so like they hit so hard in the beginning and then they just trail away into like a, almost like a mediocrity. And, and it's like, did you run out of ideas? The, you know, a body swaps, Kobayashi. I mean, like the fleet showing up, it's just uh, trapped, just in, trapped in the trapped in the holodeck episode. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's kind of uh, it's kind of sad in a way. Yep. Yep. I can. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to think. Okay, like. Can we just go there for, like, let's just hang out here for, like, maybe a minute or two. Okay, like, let's not make this a half hour. But, like, 
how many times did we have any kind of semblance of a fleet or a wing or whatever we want to call it, like a squadron or whatever in original series? Never, I don't think. Okay, that's fair. Um, next gen. And I'm, I, we'll, we'll, I'll count the movies as well. How about that? Like we had Best of Both Worlds, right? Sector mm-hmm. 001, pretty much, where we had the fleet. You had Star Trek First Contact. Yep. So we had two. We have two where the whole fleet shows up. Mm-hmm. And then we get into, like, Deep Space Nine. We get Deep Space Nine, we have the fleet. A yeah. lot. A lot. Quite a bit. When Quite we're dealing with the Dominion War. Because we're at war. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is a legitimate reason. Right. To have, like, you know, bits and pieces of it. Okay? Like, but, like, even then, like, let, I think, like, if we count it, like, as a story, like, maybe we have, like, what, four, three, four, like, occurrences for like for real for real of the full fleet I mean is that is that fair I mean sure Voyager well I mean when well yeah Endgame that's what I was going to say in Endgame Admiral Paris uh, send every available ship to that opening yep so one 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 well I mean we really couldn't have the fleet in Voyager let's be honest (laughs) but still one one Mm-hmm. Endgame, series finale. Mm-hmm. Enterprise. What are we dealing with Enterprise? There is no fleet in Enterprise. You get the Columbia, and that's about it. Yeah. Okay. But even then, you're right. There's nothing. Because we're still building. Okay, let's talk about Picard. Actually, let's, let's not even talk about Discovery. What are we dealing with Discovery? Yeah, I mean, the fleet shows up in the pilot episode. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Shows we, up at the end at the end of season two. Yep. We have the fleet. We have, we the, have fleet. the fleet at the end of season three. Yep. <laughs> do we have the fleet at the end? We didn't have the fleet at the end of season four, did we? we? I mean, not only do we have the fleet at the end of season three, we have the the fleet in the middle of season three. Like whenever we first get to the car wash, we're crying out loud. Like they're all there, just hanging out. Yeah, but we went home, right? That's we're in the garage. But then we all get we all leave the car wash and now here we are we're out flying and doing our thing, and then again we have it. Uh, what season four as well, right? I swear we have some stuff in season four. Chase, I think you made your point. Like, oh my gosh, like we we have like we can count on basically one hand the number of times the fleet shows up in everything prior to 2017 Star Trek. And now we're having to use not only one hand, but our other hand are in our two feet to count how many times it's shown up. Can we stop? I'm, I'm can, right can, there can we make you. Can we make the fleet like just significant and like a big deal? Like it's meant to be. <sighs> I'm right there with I need, you. I'm, I, I need to stop complaining. I'm sorry, everyone. But for <laughs> real. I'm not sorry, actually. All right, let's rate this sucker. Actually, let's evaluate this sucker. So, Delta's... Um, looking at the different divisions of Starfleet Service and how well it was or wasn't 
I represented with uh, command, science, and operations divisions. Um, I mean, I feel like there's like different stuff there. Like, I mean, we 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 what we we had conversations about like the organing DNA, making it possible for like Freaky Friday to happen. Um. We, I mean, I don't know if you would consider like conduits and like electrical stuff to be more engineering or science, but maybe there's something there. But then it kind of like maybe kind of drifts a little bit when we're talking about like actual insulation and grounding and stuff, like we were talking about in the episode. But even then, we're talking about it. There's a conduit, there's electrical engineering type stuff going on, there's sciencing stuff with like using DNA and taking advance, advantage of like genetic stuff so yeah science and engineering and Janeway actually listening like and whatnot. I mean maybe I feel like it's a little too little too late in a way but she's still doing it and you know inspiring her holographic self to not be a baby more or less so I mean I feel kind of hesitant, but I, I feel, I think, comfortable giving all three this week on this episode. <clears throat> I'll be good cop before David be the bad cop on this, because I just kind of have a feeling. Um, so, Command, I love when Janeway goes into Dal's body. She is, like, in command, right? And she's like, first of all, she's like, ideas, it's not just like, oh, what if we did this? It's like, I've underestimated you, but we're here now. We got to figure out the problem. I want to hear what each of you has to say. We're going to figure this out. And she listens to the crew and she lets them explain the situation of what's happening. And I think that's 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 Janeway. That's, and that's good leadership. You know, and then, yeah, she goes and gives herself a little pep talk. That's good leadership. Right? They come up with an I, you know, they come up with an idea and they execute it. They execute it and it works. That's got to be good leadership if the plan they came up with works on the first try, right? That's good leadership. <laughs> and then, you know, when she's leaving, she's like, she's we glossed over this, but like she said to Rock Talk, "You're gonna make a great science officer in Starfleet one day." And then she's like, "And I want you all to come to Starfleet too." And it's like, it's just, it's like motivating. It's, it's what these people want to hear. And she knows that's what they want and what they need to hear. I think that's great leadership. I'm, I'm extremely happy giving, giving Janeway a command Delta. Like <clears throat> there's, and you know, there's science like, Hey, we have to figure out, can we combine these warp bubbles? Yeah, let's do that. That's like as much as you might groan about some of these things, but I feel like there's some good techno babble there with let's let's merge these warp bubbles so we can maintain speed otherwise they're going to pull away from us and and we and that way we can do that and we can stay with them. And I feel like Rock Talk has some explanation there. I can't remember her, her exact words, but I feel like there's some science explanation there. And then if you want to say the plan that they had involved operations of figuring out something to do, I think operations engineering is the shakiest of the three for me. So I'm comfortable with command and science. 
Okay. David, it's your reckoning. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, command, I, I, I certainly see that. I mean, I, I like, you know, Janeway is, um, you know, someone who's always going to take charge of the situation no matter what, because she has that personality. I think she was able to sort of instantly integrate into the crew and, uh, you know, like Eric said, you know, ideas. So she's not, um, instituting a dictatorship necessarily, but, uh, you know, going around and, and trying to utilize this crew, which has obviously impressed her because they're a bunch of kids. I mean, how did you escape the Dauntless all this time? Well, there's obviously something to this. And she also admitted to them, it's like, you know, I had some preconceived notions and they were all wrong. And admitting when you're wrong sometimes is, is a, you know, certainly a good hallmark of leadership. Um, so I, I, th- I think command is, is certainly there uh, from Janeway. You know, on the opposite side, you know, you have Cap, you know, well, Admiral Captain First Officer Dal, who it just kind of was a little bit of a a goofball in this episode. He didn't really know, he didn't really uh, master his situation that he was in. It was kind of a little cartoony, um, but at least you had Janeway get through this and. Um, from an operational standpoint, I, I think one of the things that we talked about like last week was communication. You know, we, we joked about the space billboard with the neon light saying, don't communicate with us. Weapon on board. It'll kill you all. Uh, but in this, you know, we had a very simplistic form of communication in, in the in terms of charades to get a plan together, which did come together and you know worked with a question mark but still kind of worked got you know Janeway and and Dal back into their original bodies so I I mean I think operationally they they came up with a plan they executed the plan and they found a way to communicate uh, which they haven't been able to granted it was just between you know the the proto stars crew and and dal on the dauntless but it's communication nonetheless um the, the the problem i have when we get into the science side is that yeah you're right there was techno babble there was explanation we did kind of like go through dal's genetic makeup and are making up stuff for that we're combining bubbles and doing spacewalks that probably aren't possible and there's there's just there's a lot of science babble but there's also a lot of stuff that just doesn't seem rooted in science and it might just be because science is different so i i probably shouldn't go super hard about that but like you know the the phaser stuff it's it's just kind of seems a little just too convenient and not well thought out you know whereas it was funny it popped into my head the the episode where um where the enterprise was trapped in that booby trap and uh you know they figured out effectively instead of trying to go at it the problem with every ounce of power the ship has you're actually going at it with much less power 
and just thinking about it in terms of that you're using you know you're using physics that people can understand while still being in a realm where technology is so far ahead of you that you can't understand exactly how they did it because their technology is foreign so it's so far advanced so you know for me i I just i don't think that they did a, a good enough job with connecting the science to anything that we can at least relate somewhat to which they did in the first half of the season you know how much did we talk about damp sine curve waves and stuff and, and math you know they they found a way to explain these things in the classic star trek method where the tech is obviously light years ahead of you but you still brought it down to the base pair and in this one i felt like we were just making stuff up <clears throat> so while i can give a command and uh, i think in operations i just i can't find it in me to give the science even though technically it, you could i just don't believe in it sure sure that's fair enough. So I guess with that, let's take care of that that number rating. So scale of one to ten, y'all know the drill. One being a dumpster fire, ten being absolutely amazing. How do we rate this thing, Eric? What are you thinking, man? I'm thinking this was an improvement over the last three weeks for me. I think I think we're finally getting some forward momentum in the story. I think we kind of abandoned Janeway, like the real Janeway, for a little bit. And I'm glad that we got her back. And, you know, I'm glad that we're actually, like, <clears throat> doing something with the story here. Like, hey, now now we know. We've, we've talked with Janeway, and she knows what's going on. And, and now how is she going to use that information moving forward? And, you know, she's stuck in the brig, right? So how is that going to help? I feel like maybe we're not in for that exposition dump that we were worried about last week, right? I feel like maybe we, this episode might have saved us from that, which is a really good thing, right? I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed seeing Janeway be a leader. Like, I love me some Janeway, right? She was a leader. She was inspiring your crew. They got it done. Um, it was funny, okay? I... I, I loved Kate Mulgrew having fun emulating Dal as you know Dal in Admiral Janeway that was that was a lot of fun to me so I enjoyed watching this episode I still have a problem with like distance and time and where we travel right because remember we were at the farthest Federation outpost ever right in the first episode and then we did a like a quick little like proto jump boom and we're at the Romulan neutral zone right and now here we're in the sli- we're in the slipstream for the full episode but bam we're from the neutral zone to like the heart of starfleet territory in like a couple of hours maybe right so we like we have traveled across the galaxy pretty darn quickly like the entire thing and so I, st- I have a problem with that still and I, I mean 
I'm not gonna let that go either. Like, I'm not gonna let. I now listen. I know there might be some people that will say, "Well, in Star Trek: First Contact, the Enterprise was patrolling the neutral zone when the battle started, yet they managed to get there in time before the battle was over." And fair enough, right? <laughs> but like, it still bugs me that we can travel so fast, so far in such a quick amount of time but anyway i like this episode is it perfect no i mean clearly we've been we've had things that we can nitpick but there's enough there's enough science here there's enough of a yes it's a, like your freaky friday body swap that we've done but like i don't care it's it's interesting it was a to me it was an interesting way of getting janeway to figure out the information that wasn't it wasn't what I thought was gonna happen. I enjoyed it. Um, it's 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 not perfect, of course it's not, but it's like a seven point eight. Okay. Eric's giving it a seven point eight. All right. So I enjoyed the mess out of this episode. There was a lot of laughter and just genuine enjoyment out of this episode and I know I, I, I said the piece about like you know Freaky Friday and like phasers and physics and things of that nature um, but this was um, this was definitely an improvement over what we've been seeing the last three weeks um, out of Prodigy and I hate that I even had to make that a sentence about Prodigy. Um, I think we get um, a return to thoughtfulness. I think we get a return to um, being smart about stuff, even if it's not perfect. I think we're, we're it, it comes back and it approaches and kind of like hovers around like that campsite for the most part with me in, in how I, how I experienced this episode. Um, there, I mean, if, if they would have like, if there could have been like maybe a little bit more like fleshing out of some things like this, this could be like a phenomenal episode in my book, phenomenal episode. Um, but there, there's definitely still some work to be done. Um, how is this going to end? Um, I mean, especially like with Janeway, like real Janeway in the brig now, knowing what's going on, needing to stop things. I'm I'm assuming that's going to be taken care of like within the first like three minutes of the next episode. By the way, but it's whatever. Um, there could have been there could have been some more like just overall there could have been more fleshing out of things like with the different Delta things that I think we all highlighted and whatnot. But um. Yeah, I'm with you too, Eric. Like, I know that you brought it up, but I, it just it just escapes me from time to time. But yeah, how do we get from like one quadrant to the next, like like that? Um, do we just like fold space? Is that what we're doing? We're we just folding space. We're we traveling through stargates now. It's whatever. It's fine. Super gates, not stargates. Super gates. Um. Anyway, so um, this is a score that I've given before. Um. So I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I feel comfortable. I came in with a score. I'm gonna leave with a score, just a solid eight on this episode. How about you, David? 
So, one of the things that I, I hear is how things could be smoothed out, explained better. We have problems with travel. What are, you know, this, that, and the other. But to point back to the first half of the season, we did a good job of explaining a lot of things. And then all of a sudden we just start playing fast and loose with everything. I don't like that because it feels very disconnected to me. If you're going to do a show and you're going to split up what you're calling season one, at least provide me some consistency. Because if there's one thing that I've told you guys before, yeah, I mean, we've, we've said this, you've, you've said, hey, have you watched a show? Have you watched? No, I haven't. Because it takes a lot for me to get into a new show, a new old show. And I do want things to be somewhat consistent um, because that's how I like to watch TV. It just is. I, I kind of like to have the safety blanket of not having to overthink things. Now, I love talking with you guys about this stuff because it brings up a lot of fun conversations and stuff. We talked about this before, but like this show has just slid way down for me. It's, it's dumbed down. And even when we try and attempt to be somewhat smart with something, it just doesn't make enough sense, really, to me. And I'm, I'm only speaking for myself. Um, I liked the Janeway stuff. I, you know, the body swap thing doesn't really bother me as much, even though it's a rehash, because I think that they played it well. That's acting, voice acting. And I like the fact that the animators took the time to really animate the mannerisms of each character that they've developed into the other character. I thought that that was great. There were genuinely some laughs. Um, but kind of going back to one thing that, <clears throat> that er Eric's pointed out in the past, where, and I think we all have, the sense of urgency. You have a construct on your ship that wants to destroy the entire Federation. You are hurtling towards the proverbial center of the Alpha Quadrant. You have an entire fleet showing up, and we have time for laughs. We have time to just play the fool a little bit. Cartoon, granted, so I, I gotta give it a little bit of latitude. But if you're going to do this discovery thing where you're doing this monumental arc, forever and ever arc, until the end, like, can we at least play some sense of urgency here? Like, maybe take away a little bit of the silly and show that kids can be serious too. They can have a serious thought in their head where, you know, we have something that we understand is a big deal, and we're going to try and fix it. And here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do. But then we kind of get this, you know, Dal on the Dauntless, and he's he's silly. He's falling on the floor. Oh, my God, I can't walk in minor heels. <laughs> While it's funny, it just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, I feel like I'm not relating to it much as much any, as I was in the beginning. And that's where I kind of get this sour taste because, like, I want to like this episode 
at any other time. But it's hard for me to really, really love it when we're heading towards what could potentially be, you know, the burn part one to the burn part two. You know what I mean? So I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm a little disjointed with with the route that the, the showrunners are taking here. And if this episode were a standalone somewhere else, and we did Freaky Friday Swap, I would probably have said, I might agree with you guys on the scores. I, I, I really I really might have been in that 7, 8 to 8 range and, and really have pumped it up. But because I'm starting to feel really disjointed with the, with the storytelling of the show and you know your science doesn't seem to be adding up and like if Neil deGrasse Tyson wants to kick in here he wants to pop in the chat and just be like hey man no it's all good you could totally walk in space (laughs) you know while you're warping around um fine but I I was just left with the same sort of sentiment I had last week is this payoff going to be enough for me to last through all of these episodes that are just disjointing me from our original story that I love so much. And I really did. I really did love the first part of the season uh, a lot. Like there was so much to enjoy. Um, I don't care about Dallas and Ogman. I, I, I really kind of dislike the choice that they went with that. I don't really like that. We've put uh, Gwen in the background. I thought she was a really great character. So, with that being said, I don't want to be overly harsh because, I mean, it's way better than Preludes. I mean, is it better than Ghost in the Machine? Probably. Um, so, I'm going to say slightly better than Ghost in the Machine. Give it a 7.3. Okay. So, we have a 7.8 from Eric, a 7.3 from David and an 8 for me, which gives an overall rating of a 7-7, Cool. Cool. One thing I'm going to do when we, um, we get all the episodes rated and we have all our averages is I'm going to do like a total season one average, like all, all 20 episodes put together and see what, what that is. Um, so that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. So, well, I mean, if you just look right now at the average, our average. Oh, you don't have the season one average, do you? The season one A average. Never mind. I do. No, you don't. Season. Well, the season. Those are. That's our retrospective average. Anyway, we can we we'll figure that out. We don't. That's inside baseball. That's inside baseball. <laughs> Chase, it's time for the most important part of the show. You want to do that? Twitter poll. Let's do the Twitter poll. All right, everyone. You never know. Twitter so, might not be around much longer. We might not be able to do this much longer. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So um, I asked this very important um, scientific question to the people of the Twitter sphere, and this is what I asked them: Which Freaky Friday-esque exchange would be the most entertaining to watch on screen. Here we go. 
Okay, so which fr Freaky Friday-esque exchange would be the most entertaining to watch on screen? Uh, Kirk Mudd, Picard Barkley, Burnham Vance, or Freeman Boimler? Oh my god, I would love the Picard Barkley. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Oh my god. <laughs> but honestly, what was the last one again? Freeman Boimler. Boimler as the captain could be fun. Could be fun. No, that could be fun. <laughs> but man, it's Picard and Barkley, man. I just I'm I'm writing that episode in my head right now. <laughs> that, that's that's my answer. I don't care if it's not the winner. That's my answer. All right, all right. How about you, David? Yeah, I mean, Picard and Barkley would be hilarious. Just, like, have it swapped as Barkley's in one of his weird holodeck programs, like getting ready to kiss Deanna Troy or something like that. Just, just something silly. <laughs> Uh, a close second, though, with Boimler and Freeman, because I, I could okay. see that being kind of a funny, a funny thing too. But nah, it's got to be Picard and Barkley. All right, all right, let's go, let's go to the results, gang. So coming in in last place with eight point three percent of the vote, we have Kirk Mudd, Captain Kirk and Harry Mudd. All right. All right, coming in in third place with 16.7% of the vote, we have none other than the Dadmiral and the Galaxy's Savior, Burnham and Vance. All right. We're down to the final two. Who could it be? Who's going to win this thing? Who's going to win Twitter poll? All right. With one third of the vote, thirty-three point three percent, we have Picard and Barkley, which means with forty-one point seven percent of the vote, our winner for the Freaky Friday episode that everyone wants to see is Freeman and Boimler. Wow! I mean, I would watch that episode. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Coming next season on Lower Decks, more Freaky Friday. I mean, that would be something to watch, that would by be, the way. That would, that, would, that, would, that would be fun, right? But, man, Picard and Barkley. I want to see that. Like, I do, too. <laughs> Put that out there. That would be friggin' hilarious, by the way. Oh, man. All right. Well, guys, that's it. We have two episodes left of Prodigy. And then, no, I don't think there are any surprises for any shows. So, like, we're off with, like, show reviews until February. February, yeah, we'll have like a month and a half off. What is up with that? It means we have to like actually do like non-show review stuff? Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. It's fine. It's fine. Guys, thank you as always for, for uh, showing up and having this conversation uh, with me about Star Trek stuffs. Um, all y'all out there in listener land, what do you think? What do you think about this episode? Has this been an improvement? Has it continued to go down and swirl the swirl the drain? Uh, we'd love to know. Uh, let us know. Um, uh, you can connect with us on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Of course, you can let us know how you felt about it. 
by opening up hailing frequencies and entering in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission, 817-752-4757. Remember, there is a three-minute limit before phasers get launched at us, and I really don't want to turn into someone else. I ain't got time for that. Um, you know I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. Shoot. <laughs> if you want to mail us something, you can do that. Uh, make sure you get to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, remember to boldly go and make it so.